Bush and Ritchie here with your Hometime Show podcast. On the way in this show, you're going to hear a very unusual thing happen. And that is myself, Richie, and producer Adem all happen to be watching the same TV show. You'll find out in the actual uh, program what it is. We all happen to be watching the same TV show at the same time. And weirdly enough, we all thought the same thing about it. Honestly, can't tell you how rare a thing that is. A, that we're all watching the same thing at the same time, because trust us, we have very, <laughs> very, very, yes, very different tastes. <laughs> Secondly, the fact that we're all watching at the same time, and we all agree, because, I mean, one of us, and I'm not going to say who, one of us is the most contrary people you'll ever find. You yeah. know Bush is listening. No, it's, it's oh, not, yeah, it's not him, mate. Up, hey, listen, don't ruin the harmony. We're trying to do United Front here. So, look, we all agreed on it. It was a, a programme that everyone was talking about, and you're going to hear about it next. Uh, we all had the same reaction watching telly last night, watching a new TV show. Me, Richie, producer Adam, all sat there independently and watched Stacey Dooley's new show, This Is My House, <laughs> expecting it to be dreadful, uh, but we all really enjoyed it. Here's the premise, right, in case you didn't watch it last night. I think it's five people try to fool the panel of celebrities into thinking that a property is actually their house. Uh, and basically, Stacey Dooley is the host. She asks the, uh, the contestants, who've all got the same name. I think last night they were all pretending to be Fran. Uh, I was asking them stories behind each room, and each contestant's kind of got to wing it and pretend that it's actually about them. The real owner's mixed in there as well. But there's something about it that was just captivating, wasn't it? Yeah, um, saw it advertised um, over the last couple of days, and then saw it come on last night. I was like, oh, how have I found myself in front of the television watching this? I was ready to not just not like it, I was ready to hate watch it, knowing that this was going to be my wife's kind of rubbish. I ended up absolutely loving it. I was really engaged with it. And I was really, I'm not going to give it away just in case anyone's recorded it or something or other, but I actually got the right person as well. So I was pretty chuffed with it, Bush. The, uh, The guy on it last night, was very, very good as well. Like I say, don't want to do any spoilers in case people are catching up. The bit that was fantastic, though, the bit that was captivating was watching people kind of lie and think on their feet. Mm. There's something kind of respectable about that. They're put in a pressure situation, like Stacey Dooley might say, uh, why is it that uh, you've got this particular throw uh, on your couch? What's the story behind that with this strange pattern? And they were just making stuff up to try and make it look like it was their house. It was an amazing thing. Uh, It's top-level blagging in many ways, thinking on your feet, making stuff up. Uh, John has tweeted said years ago in Chester my mate changed my number in his phone to Hollyoaks agent he would then leave his phone on the bar and when a girl was near I would call him and he'd pretend he'd just got the call that he was to be cast Ooh. in the show to impress them it never worked <laughs> oh, <laughs> like do you know what? there is a god <laughs> yeah. thank god for that that doesn't work do you know, I'll give notable mention to my friend Neil McGonagall aka Iggy uh, one of my closest friends uh, and we obviously did a year abroad together at uh, University of Amherst uh, UMass in America and we used to go out to Boston quite a bit for nights out couldn't get into anywhere or anything he convinced uh, some bouncers at this really prestigious club in Boston that he was Paul Oakenfold and got me him and about seven other people into the VIP section he's still a legend for that for this day simon from coventry says guys i once blagged myself on a works night out for the video game uh distributor cex where i didn't work 
Uh, the manager took me to the clubs and bought my drinks all night. Two years in a row this happened. That's unbelievable, that. <laughs> uh, Kat in Nottingham says, I once worked with a guy who looked a lot like David Gray, the singer. One night we borrowed his mate's limousine and I dressed up in a suit as his PA. We blagged our way into the VIP section at a local nightclub on a big DJ night. We told staff he couldn't wow. talk as he was resting his voice before a gig. We got away with it almost all night with free drinks. Until he started getting tipsy and signing autographs with his real name. Oh. We got him out of there quickly, saying he was tired. But it was a brilliant night, and I will never forget it. I'm 99% certain he must have done Wobbly Ed at some point, just to kind of convince him. Good old David Gray Wobbly Ed. Uh, right, Bully's hanging on. Tell us what you did. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I convinced the labourer that used to work with us that I used to be the hot my Hoffmeister bear. <laughs> 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 and he was generally he, he, I had to prove it to him by literally walking across site like the Hofmeister bear because it was filmed one of the adverts was filmed in Weymouth all them years ago so for about two oh, weeks and what was the walk was, what kind of walk did you do I'd love to have seen that it was like a nasty mint it was absolutely <laughs> awful what I don't get about this particular thing is that uh, a lot of people that blag is to give themselves an advantage or trying to get into somewhere. What was the point? What were you trying to achieve by telling someone that you were the Hofmeister bear? Absolutely nothing whatsoever, but it's got a laugh out of it. <laughs> That's perfect. Terry, you did something. What happened? Well, yeah, mate. I'm a soldier. I'm, I'm a soldier major in the army, in the infantry. Um, I've been in the army 20 years. And when I was a young Lance Corporal, I was out on the out on the Raz in Birmingham on a course, but uh, during our evening off, uh, one evening, going to a nightclub. And it happened to be my birthday that weekend, and uh, this sp- specific nightclub wouldn't let us in because I had trainers on. <laughs> so we uh, a couple of us pulled our uh, our, our uh, socks over our shoes and managed to blow our way in, telling the bouncer it was a new trend from in Lon- from London. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Do you know what? It's so that's amazing. That that's a brilliant bit of Andy McNabb style soldier ingenuity because I've been turned away from numerous nightclubs for not having the right footwear. And if only I'd have thought about pulling my socks over yeah. my shoes, it could have been a winner. We went around the corner. Uh, yeah, job done. Terry, this is why you have risen to the rank of Sergeant Major. Oh, you know, a couple more years left in the army, and you know what? It's probably going to be wasted. <laughs> <laughs> we salute you, Terry. We salute you. Absolutely loving these this evening. Uh, appreciate everyone who's got involved. Daz has just texted to say, uh, I used to blag a free breakfast on North Sea ferries for quite a few years by taking my child's milk bottles to the front of the queue and asking if they could fill them up with milk. And they always just let me through and told me to ask the steward at the servery, who always did. I then found a table and helped myself to the buffet breakfast. The worst thing was that my wife was in the cabin with the children and I never paid for the breakfast for the family. As I said, the price wasn't worth it. I did this for years, but now I I feel really guilty. This guy's unbelievable. Horrendous, but clever. Uh, Brian, what did you get away with? When I was a kid at school, um, I wanted to go see Rocky Four at the cinema, and um, I didn't want to go at the weekends, so I went during the during the day, and I told the teachers that I was the new Milky Bar kid and I had to have time off for filming. <laughs> so I, spent, I went to see Rocky Four that one. I think it was like a Monday afternoon. Next day, I think I went to Wood Green and then I went to some arcades. And then, yeah, I eventually got found out because I told a friend that none of it was true. Yeah. And he told someone and then he told someone else. Oh. And, and then it got through to the teachers. And then I was like hauled before them and had to do a Saturday morning detention. And <laughs> I had to explain to my parents as well because they were oh, you, you are in many ways. You are North London's Ferris Bueller. 
Well, I try to be, yes, I try to be. I think it was around about that time it came out, actually. <laughs> it might have given me Could the have seen that. <laughs> I just connected the dots. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, how feasible was it? Did you have glasses? Did you have blonde hair? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, more for your teachers then. Well, they were obviously going in a different direction. No, I didn't look remotely like the uh, the Milky Bar kid. But uh, they didn't question it, and it was the eighties. So I think they probably thought this is such this is such a strange thing to say that it must be the truth. I wow. That, yeah. You, usually, you would you want time off from school. You just faint a stomachache or something. Well, so, I do, uh, we honestly yeah. wish that you you could have gone on and been the Milky Bar kid. That would have been a fantastic thing, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be great? Life would have been very different. Now, we mentioned to you a few minutes ago that you can still catch up on uh, our special show from Tuesday evening when it was uh, a year since uh, we all went into lockdown. Uh, it was called uh, One Year Like This, looking back on the last year and some of the community heroes and the spirit that came out of the last year. Uh, and that's still there for you to listen to. We were in uh, a home time uh, virtual video meeting the other day and in the background of our producer, Nick, uh, on his cupboards, uh, in his kitchen. Do you remember Bush? those items that are up there gathering dust was Nick's Nick's Breville sandwich maker and he said oh we haven't touched that over the last year but then equally he said his bread maker had had a good year and it did make us think we've been we've been celebrating and rightly so some of the the human heroes of the last year we mustn't forget the objects objects appliances items some of them have had good years some of them not so good years. Uh, for example, the coffee machine that I got just before all this craziness started, I had no idea oh, yeah. what a stroke of luck that was going to be to have a coffee machine at home when suddenly all the coffee shops, I couldn't go to them. So my coffee machine, that's a good, it's had a good lockdown bush. Yeah, it's been making the builders one single coffee at 8 o'clock in the morning, and that's it for the rest of the day as well. So it's even got involved with that, as we heard about on the show the it's other very week. Very good point, it's very good point. What about you? Uh, Brompton has had a terrible, terrible 12, uh, uh, lockdown or whatever <laughs> year. Uh, so obviously my little fold-up bike that I, on a daily basis back when I used to come into central London, you know, jump on the train with it, c put it together like one of them sniper rifles from like a, a, a military movie and then cycle to the studios. It, it's gathering dust. It's actually pushed down the back of the uh, our buggy at the moment, our, our Thea's buggy. So it's had, a, it's had a terrible lockdown, really, to be honest with you. I feel bad for it. The irony is the convenience of having a, a foldable commuter bike you could probably get on a train with a with a full-on bike that doesn't fold in any way, shape or form right now and not have any problems. Do you know what? That is exactly what I've been eyeing up. <laughs> I've been thinking, I might be able to get me racer on there. Do you know what I mean? I, I can have a carriage each. Uh, Debbie says, my ancient food mixer has had an amazing comeback. Loads and loads of cakes. Whilst my hair straighteners have sat sulking in the back of the cupboard as I get more and more comfortable being feral. That's it. I mean, hair straight is probably absolutely redundant during all this as well. People just been letting it go. Do you know what I mean? Being an old Yoko Ono about the whole thing. Uh, Lisa Atkinson says, my knitting needles have had a good year, but my umbrella has had a terrible year. But Sue says, my biscuit barrel has had a great year. Is that what people call... I've never heard anyone call their biscuit tin a biscuit barrel before, but a barrel sounds more grandiose. I might start calling it that. <laughs> Certainly sounds bigger, and I like the idea of Doesn't the contents. Uh, Paul has said, my darts board has been an absolute godsend. I've spent literally hundreds of hours practising my darts. 
On the flip side, with two adults and four kids at home all the time, however, my poor fridge has seen better days. <laughs> It's so weird. When we bought this house that I'm in now, uh, the lad upstairs, the teenage lad, had a dartboard. And it was really weird. There's, there's obviously a square on the wall where it's absolutely fine, no holes. And then everywhere around it was just <laughs> scatter shot, buckshot of little holes where he's been practicing his darts. It's unbelievable. Uh, right, you can text the show 81215. We've had a text in from a fellow called Guy, and we've called him out. We've got to get him on the line right now. Guy, are you there? Hello, no caller ID. <laughs> Guy, hello. It's Bush and Richie at Absolute Radio. Is that you? Hello there. I'm very well. How are you doing? I like yeah. that. I like the fact that you, you're, you're slightly antagonised, and you should be, uh, to people who phone up with no caller ID. I, I like that. I know. Oh, I was going to say something else, but I thought I'd just be... <laughs> what were you going to say? Go on, go on. It ends up with off. Right, OK. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. Guy, what in your house has had a good year? What's had a bad year? My homebrew kit's had a great year. And uh, my, my commercial, my brewery, my microbrewery's had a bad year. Ah. Why, why is that? To, to explain, because you think maybe the people are still buying beer and stuff, so what's been going on? Oh, just because we weren't set up to sell to the public straight from the brewery, and our, our, um, I didn't have a tap room and bottling bits and pieces and all that kind of stuff. But um, my homebrew kit... Oh, God, I've just got to move away from my child. She's training the puppy. Got a puppy in lockdown. <laughs> Guy, let's just pause for a second, OK? So over the last 12 months, you've, you've, got a, you've got a child that is trying to train a puppy whilst you are running a, a home brewery. Yeah. Wow. 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 It, it sounds like you've got enough going on this evening. We won't cold call you any further, and we'll leave you to yeah. it. Have a brilliant night. I, I enjoyed the call. No, it's fine. Yeah, with this... Uh... So good, good year for homebrew kit, bad brew for the commercial brewery. Well, because nobody was buying beer, were they? No, it's buying true. Buying from Tesco's, I wasn't buying from pubs. Tesco's good luck to you, Guy. Good stuff. Right, thanks. Mike says, I don't know if this counts, but my grass has had a bad year. It's been ruined by my feral children and their <laughs> extra time in the garden to get through the day. <laughs> uh, Claire, what in your place has been uh, a bit of a hero? Yeah, I'm a sewing machine. Oh, so your sewing machine has had a good year. What type of sewing machine is it? I remember them from when I used to do home economics and uh, textiles in school. It's just a normal brother basic. I'm no whiz on it or anything. So what have you done? What have you made? What have you done over the last 12, uh, 12 years? 12 years. Feels like a bit of time. 12 months, Claire. I'm a civil servant, so we've obviously worked all the way through. But because I've got asthma, couldn't go to the office. So I just got the sewing machine out and started making scrubs bags out of old bedding for the staff to take their scrubs home and stick them in the machine and wash them. But I've knackered what a lovely the thing sewing, to do. I've knackered the sewing machine now. I don't have a sewing machine <laughs> anymore. I need to get it fixed because I did so much that it just died on me. Yeah. Oh, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a hero. It sounds like it's fallen at the last, uh, last hurdle kind of thing. Yeah, it feels like me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, do you remember a few uh, few days ago, Bush, I was telling you about um, uh, the builders that are, uh, are in my house every day at the moment, uh, doing some uh, demolition and uh, rebuilding. Um, and I was getting a bit of clog for the fact that I make them a coffee on arrival and then that's it. Yes, in fact, I, I alluded to it in the last hour of the show because I almost think about it on a daily basis that they get, as far as I can tell, a coffee from you first thing yep. and then that's your lot for the rest of the day. No other beverages offered. I'm setting them up, you know. I'm setting them up, I'm paying them and then off they go. I got a lot, I got a lot of clog for this. 
I've listened and I need to tell you what happened this morning. This morning, when they turned up, the grill was on and, as I can best describe as, a platter of buttered hot cross buns on their arrival. Now, I'm telling you, you're not going to find many other sites or jobs that people are turning up at 8am in the morning and being provided with a platter of buttered hot cross buns. I feel like you might have had a visitation in the night, like the ghost of Christmas future or something like that. Was anything like at the end of your bed, middle of the night? Well, the only thing that was at the end of was the best before day on the hot cross buns. They no. were... <laughs> they you are were, joking. They were all going to go within the next 12 or so hours, yes. Even when you think there's like a, a, a lovely moment, <laughs> do you know what I mean? A lovely Jesus and the fishes and the loaves moment from you. There's still that little thing. Imagine that big, that story from the Bible about Jesus and, and the fishes and loaves feeding people. Imagine if it came out afterwards that he was just trying to get rid of a load of stock because it was about to go out of date. It would change everything, wouldn't it? No, it wouldn't. I, I'm still going to defend myself here, all right? They were either going to get binned or give them someone to eat. And I thought, well, let's give them to these very clever tradespeople that are here today. I, I just got one question. One question to ask yes. you about them, all right? Yeah. And then I promise I'll leave it. What, what type of like hot cross buns were they? Blueberry. What? Oh, right. Okay. There's there's something that's happening in the hot cross bun market. I never thought I'd say that sentence on this show. <laughs> there's something that's happening in the hot cross bun market that we need to talk about desperately. And this is just an example of it. We need to talk about it desperately next. What's your problem with my blueberry hot cross buns? You're doing it on purpose because you're trying to antagonise me. (laughs) Let me tell you what uh, my problem is with your blueberry hot cross buns. I feel, and I've noticed in recent months, it's just months, there's been a proliferation in uh, frivolous flavours and uh, mucking around with the the age-old thing of a hot cross bun, okay? (laughs) Uh, And I feel like there needs to be some regulation in the hot cross bun market where we keep it at its basic level. There just needs to be hot cross buns as they were intended to be. On telly last night, we are all sat there watching TV last night, weren't we, in our different houses? I noticed an advert for a, a chocolate... Uh, flavoured hot cross bun and then a white chocolate flavoured hot cross bun it's out of control mate I've I've had both um, abs- absolutely gorgeous I would I would add to it uh, an apple and cinnamon hot cross bun a salted no. caramel hot cross bun the blueberry ones I had this morning were so who doesn't love a blueberry muffin a blueberry muffin uh, basically grilled that is a hot cross bun with a cross on it you're you're uh, you're, you're right on so many things but this one you are way off target I'm calling for tighter regulation in the hot cross bun market. And we'll go back to the biblical story from earlier on. Remember Jesus in the marketplace? That's what I'd like to do down the bakery aisle. Smack them all on the floor with sticks. That's I what bet, you did, wasn't it? I bet you wear Y-fronts. <laughs> What's that got to do with it? <laughs> just, just, that, that's your, that's your entry-level pant, isn't it? You know, you, you're just wanting an entry-level hot cross bun. I, I put it to you, you wear Y-fronts. Stop going on about my underwear. It's just derailing the whole thing. It's a smokescreen. You know what, it's in parallel with, they've been mucking around with, like, Coca-Cola and stuff recently, but, like, mango-flavoured co- Coke. I accidentally bought a mango Coca-Cola the other day and I was raging. It's the same thing. <laughs> I, I need to put this one to you. Uh, John says, what about the new one that Marks and Spencers have just launched, the Hot Cross Yum Nut for Easter? This is this is unbelievable. What is a Yum Nut? What the hell is a Yum Nut when it's at home? It is a hot cross bun fused with a Yum no. Yum. 
No, no, I'm not having that. That's like what's happened to poodles, isn't it? It's the same thing that's happened to poodles. It's ridiculous. I did not know that the hot cross yum nut was a thing. I'm absolutely having one of them. I'm all over oh, it. A yum nut sounds like something out of Viz, and I'm not getting involved. <laughs> Thanks very much. I don't want to carry on the argument. Thanks for listening, by the way, to the podcast. I don't want to carry on the argument, but just some more supporting evidence about these ridiculous hot cross bun flavours that are coming out. Nikki has tweeted to say, there's cheese and chilli ones out, apparently. Cheese and chilli hot cross buns, sweet and savoury being mixed, ridiculous. Angela says, Aldi are doing rhubarb and custard flavoured hot cross buns. Madness. Not so sure about the rhubarb and custard. Cheese and chilli, of course that's going to work. You'd have that in a scone. Don't start on them. 